0: Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Ridge Podcast. If you find today's episode hopeful and helpful, then please follow or subscribe And then rate and review so that more people can find the conversation. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to give us a follow and turn on your notifications so that you don't miss any conversations. Now, today's episode is part one of our Q&A with the lead pastor of the Ridge, Mark White. So thank you so much to all of you who sent in questions. There were so many good questions. We're not able to get to all of them, even in a two-part podcast but let me just share, I I love this conversation. There were so many really helpful insights that I think all of you are really gonna appreciate. We talk about what to do if you don't agree with something in the Bible, how we handle having questions about faith, and a lot more. This is my conversation with Mark. Well, hey Mark, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Well, once again, as I always say, he must be desperate for guests <laughs> because you're reaching to the bottom of the barrel, buddy.
0: Oh man, no, it's so cool. It was it's was cool to see the questions fly in as as we uh, uh, said, hey, you get to ask Mark a question, and so they've they've been rolling in, and has been has been really fun. And as a as my own, you know, I listen as I edit, right? And so I'm a listener, and so I get asked some questions too, you know. So maybe I can start with off with one of those, Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi.
1: Oh, easy, Diet Coke. <laughs>
0: Did you? You worked for Coke, right? Didn't
1: you? I did, yeah. I did. And and uh, if you don't know this, so Jody, our XP, she uh, she has a, a little college refrigerator in her office, and uh, one of the things that that her and I do is we keep that thing stacked full of Diet Coke. Yeah, I love that you call them, the okay. mini
0: fridge the college refrigerator.
1: That's what we always <laughs> called it. The that's what we always called it. Now they're bigger, but this was, this that's, was a college
0: that's awesome. Hey, one one other one from me. Yeah, If you're about to go on a run,
1: what's your playlist? Honestly, I'm not, I don't listen to music. I, uh, do you like I podcast podcast or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I, that, that's my creative time, yeah. Some what a few good ideas flowing? I've had of come on runs.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, hey, like I said before, you know, uh, as you're listening to this, we asked, uh, all of you to send in some questions for Mark, uh, ranging on anything and everything is, that you want to ask, whether it's about faith, whether it's about leadership. Uh, and We got some really great ones. Um, and so I wonder if maybe we could start off just with this kind of questions and just talking about questions in general. Because We're about to enter into the Permission to Deconstruct series, which I know is a, a series kind of about you know people that have been deconstructing their faith and how do we do that in a healthy way. And so part of that, obviously, part of the deconstruction is people that are asking questions about their faith. Would you mind maybe starting us off with, how do we ask those questions? What do we do when we have questions? Is it okay if you have questions?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm i really, uh, this series is, you know, something that's really near and dear to me. So I'm really pumped about it, honestly, because I think this whole topic of deconstruction is really, really critical. And a lot of times when we think about deconstruction or questions or doubts or skepticism and things like that, we think about uh, mostly people maybe who are who are not there with Jesus yet, wrestling with faith, asking questions about faith before they yeah. step into it. But the reality is, is that deconstruction is something, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, we all do. Hmm. Because the idea of deconstruction is, is that something that we held true, all of a sudden we start to evaluate it, maybe we get introspective about it. And then, or we look at life and life's experiences, and what we believe doesn't match up, and so as a result, uh, we start to break that down, and that comes in the form of questions, doubts, or skepticism, whatever whatever that may be. And so, when you think about questions, or we have questions, first off, to acknowledge that we are all going to, and that doesn't mean if you're a Jesus follower that there's something wrong with you or wrong with your faith. Hmm. It actually can be the opposite. Uh, I think what's really important to go to go, maybe God is actually trying to do something to deconstruct an aspect of your faith because it's actually keeping us from experiencing who he really is and the life he has for us. And so as a result, that needs to be broken down. Hmm. And that comes in the form of questions and doubts and and, and all that good stuff. So I say that by going, this is actually a really important thing and it's not a bad thing, it's actually a really good thing. Hmm. Now our culture teaches us because it's deconstructing everything just to deconstruct something, just to tear it down. And then that's it. And that the if you have questions or whatever, and you just kind of stop there, but healthy deconstruction, which we're going to talk about throughout our series, not only deconstructs it and tears it down, but it goes through a process of reconstructing the faith. In in other words, making it something more vibrant and healthy and alive.
0: Hmm.
1: So back to the question then about, um, what do you do with that and all that stuff when you have it? I think the important thing is, is to don't run from your questions, lean into them. Doesn't mean that anything is wrong with you or wrong with your faith. Okay. That we all have questions. I've gone through seasons of deconstructing and will in the future. Uh, the other thing is, is that um, if you're, if you're a Jesus follower, then this is where you go into things like, man, you keep coming to church. Uh, you, you, you know, you can maybe email someone in your group or someone on our staff or whatever and go, hey, any resources about this or things that I can yeah. listen to and all that. Uh, and uh, to be connected in community and in, in a small group where as you deconstruct, you're around a group of people that um, you're going to stay connected because sometimes we just need to during that time, we need to live off of other people's faith. It sounds kind of weird, but it's actually very biblical that uh, when we're struggling with the season and just being around other people keeps us going forward, even in the midst of our struggle. So kind of a long answer, but there's just a lot there. And we're going to talk about, in fact, the last week of the series is all about equipping people, equipping us, what to do when we're deconstructing. Hmm.
0: Because
1: we felt like that's really important because it's not a one and done thing. It's going to be a constant thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned something that I I don't think I ever thought of before. And that's like the almost like God giving you questions or even if it's like utilizing your questioning, which makes a ton of sense. I mean, if you think about like when you have a natural curiosity for something or maybe it's like even like a hobby, like doesn't that curiosity and those questions make your hobby or connection to that thing grow stronger. Right.
1: Oh yeah. I think I, I do. I think God uses, you know, our, our culture doesn't or doesn't encourage curiosity, but man, curiosity is so important. And here's the thing. I, I really think I, I was thinking about this the other day. When you look at Jesus, you'll see that he never goes around and just goes, hey, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Messiah. You know, he never, he just never just kind of, he just plants little seeds there and does this and does that. And it's kind of like, well, why is that? I think one of the reasons is, is that he wants us to search and he wants us to pursue and he wants all that. And that's driven by curiosity. It really is. And so curiosity is such an important thing. And uh, if your questions lead to curiosity, that's a really, really good thing.
0: What would you say to people who maybe they've, they grew up in a style of faith that was like, well, we, we don't ask questions or you just kind of do what you're told. Like what, what, what encouragement would you have for them?
1: Well, I, I would say this, the people that said that to you are probably filled with questions. Okay. Yeah. But they're, they're afraid for whatever reason, maybe they're afraid that, you know, they're going to find answers that are going to disprove the faith that they've always believed in, or just something along that line. Um, But they're the ones that probably really wish to, that, that they could ask questions. Okay. I, I would say that to that person, if they were going to be in a conversation, I would say, well, that's not, the Bible seems to say differently. Hmm. and uh, there's people throughout the Bible that had questions and that wrestled with things and that went through times of deconstruction in both in the Old and the New Testament. Hmm. And so it seems to me that it's a very important part of our faith. Those questions, once again, you have to be afraid of the questions. And God is bigger than that. I think when people don't have the permission or they're afraid to ask questions, I think they shrink God down. It's like, we're going to discover something that, you know, you're not going to (laughs) discover something, okay? You know, God's, God's much bigger than that. And once again, back to the, the curiosity thing, man, that's when we discover just more and more, or you or look at it this way, how do you not, if you grew up in church and so you grew up, you know, in elementary school and teenager and all that stuff, well, what you could handle from a faith standpoint then is going to be very different than when you're 20 and 30 and all that stuff, just because you just grow and experience more of life. Yeah. And so if you stay back with faith of your childhood and it never is allowed to be deconstructed or grow into where you currently are, man, you're going to struggle.
0: You're
1: going to struggle. It's not going to fit.
0: And that's such a refreshing mindset, right? The like ability to be curious, the ability to pursue and knowing that God's not scared of that. He's probably excited. He's like, Oh God,
1: feel good. They're leaning in, you know? I I mean, here's the thing. If, If you have doubts about something, uh, or questions, or you're skeptical, or whatever, you know, this you can't fully give yourself to it if, if you're not allowed to deal with those things. Yeah. So it's just really important. I, I just love this quote. Uh, Andy Stanley had said this quote, I don't know how long ago, but I just, it's always stuck with me. And he says, A faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. And I thought, Oh, that's so good. Yeah. That's so good. And yeah. so, uh, you know, and, and what he's saying is, Test it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. It's all good.
0: That's awesome. Well, hey, why don't we why don't we dive into some of these questions? Uh, yeah, I love it. And uh, this 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 first one maybe it's not a softball. I'll, <laughs> hopefully, you're excited about it. I don't think like any
1: of them softballs. So, yeah, I, mean, I don't
0: think so. So, uh, I'll just read it. Is that, what should we do when we don't agree with something in the Bible?
1: Oh man, this is such a good question. Yeah. <laughs> Because here's the thing. The more you read the Bible, the more you're <laughs> going to disagree with things. All right. So, I mean, and so, okay. I mean, that, that's, yeah. it's such a great question. And I, and I think, okay, there's a couple things on this. Um, first off, that's okay. Because to follow Jesus, and I think, I think a lot of us, a lot of us miss this. And it's really easy to miss this because what we do is, okay, we make a decision to follow Jesus and we come into it with a worldview. We all do. Okay. That's just, we all come in with a way to see the world, God and all this stuff. And then we follow Jesus. And a big aspect of that, and this is why the Bible is so important to a large degree, is that now God is working in us to develop a complete, different and new worldview. And it's a worldview through the kingdom of God and and uh, how we see God and how we see the world and his plan for the world and just our, all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. So it's brand new. Well, because of that, guess what's going to happen. It's going to um, push against and sometimes be the very opposite of the worldview that we came in with.
0: Mm.
1: So that's where that's going to happen. And for many of us, because we live in a culture where it's like, Hey, you're either right or wrong and we always want to be right and all that stuff. When that happens, there's a couple things we need to recognize. One is, this is going to happen, and that's a good thing, because this is where growth happens.
0: Yeah.
1: Because as I said earlier, for many of us, we just kind of follow Jesus, and we take our worldview into it, and we try to fit Jesus into our current worldview. And Jesus is not going to fit into our current worldview. It's not going to work. This is where then we have to be willing to go, okay, this is part of that transformation process, renewing of the mind, as Paul calls it, okay? Yes. Part of that transformation process. And so because of that, we got to be willing to step into that. So what do we do? When that happens, we got to ask ourselves, okay, where am I current? Why do I disagree? And for many of us, here are the answers. Because this we've always been told it's the how we've always lived, or because culture is is screaming into us something different. Hmm. And that if you don't agree, then you're a, oppressive and a bigot and hateful and all that stuff and all that. Okay. So We just have to recognize that and then go, okay. but if God is who God says he is and his word leads to freedom and life and all that stuff, then I got to be willing to wrestle and then eventually get to the point where we go, okay, I'm going to start to put in, put this into practice in my life. Hmm. And I think before you do that, you got to ask this question. Why would God want me to do that? Why would God say that? Why? The why question is really important. And most of the time, when you get the answer to the why question, all of a sudden you'll go, makes sense. Makes sense. Makes Mm -hmm. sense. And so there's a lot there. But that disagreement, that's a part of of growing in your faith and an important aspect of growing in your faith. But once again, Jesus isn't going to fit into our worldview. Mm -hmm. He's going to fit us into his.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so interesting. I think that the the concept of wrestling with those questions is uh, is really powerful, especially because like you think back historically and the things that people wrestled with now we're like, well, obviously that's a, that's a thing, you know? And they, they first would have read it in, you know, in the, I don't know, the 300s, they would have been like, what do you mean we have to do this? You know?
1: So Yeah. I, you know, there's a big one. And like I said, I know it stirs the pot a bit. Okay. I get this, but this is, this is where the why question comes to, comes to be. Um, and so a lot of them, uh, there's a lot of questions and I meet with couples all the time. Yeah. And uh, Hey, you know, they, they, they fall in love and it's awesome. And then the, the, the progression is we move in together and then we get married. Okay. And so that's what we do. And it's all hey, like test drive before you own and just kind of that whole deal and all that stuff. All right. Well, that's what culture tells us the progression is. Yeah. now we know in the biblical worldview New Testament that's not the progression and and, uh, and so it's kind of like well why would why would why would God want that? I mean, doesn't it kind of make sense that you know we kind of go through this progress? Well there's been research just recently released that that says couples that cohabitate with each other have a higher percentage of divorce than couples that don't and so why would God say that because God doesn't want us to get a divorce he wants us mm-hmm. to experience freedom, and a deep sense of love and all that stuff. And so why? It tells us that not to, to harm us, but to help us. Yeah. So anyways, there's just a lot there.
0: Yeah. I mean we could do a you could do a whole episode on that, and maybe we will. <laughs>
1: yeah. There's just some great uh, stuff. And that's why I always yeah. encourage that. There's just some great stuff with that.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, hey, uh, next question. How do you as a person, not necessarily a pastor, keep mm-hmm. your faith? When you don't always get an answer from God,
1: yeah. Um, well, I would, I would say that uh, a pastor is a person, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I know pastors who have lost their faith. Okay, so yeah. it's and that's the pastor person thing. Yeah, I, I would say this. I um, God answers every prayer. I don't yeah. believe there's ever an, a prayer that God doesn't answer. He doesn't, I, you know, sometimes it's yes. And we love those. Okay. We celebrate those. Sometimes it's a no, and sometimes it's a not yet. And we really struggle with those, the, the not yet and the no. I mean, we do. And um, I think there's a couple things here that first off, there is an underlining motive that we all have. Okay. We all have this. This isn't just, you know, this is, and here's the underlining motive. When we pray and ask God for something, Our underlining motive is we expect him to say yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what we expect. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we would never get mad when the answer is no. But our expectation is this. And so what that means is, is we really aren't praying with a surrender, fully surrendered heart at that point. Yeah. And um, and that's why in the Lord's prayer, you know, your kingdom come and your will be done is the second thing. Because it's like, hey, before you get to asking, let's get to surrendering because then your asking is going to look different. Okay. So there's that underlining thing of we want yes, but here's how I look at it big picture. If God is who God says, it, it, who we think He is, and He's, you know, He created the world and all that stuff, and we are little old us, all right. I always use this analogy. Uh, I have three kids, and there are things as their father that I've told them that they've asked for things, and I've said the answer is no. And they got mad and they got upset and, you know, all that stuff that kids do and all that stuff. And I get all that. And But here's the thing. They don't see what I see. They don't, especially mm-hmm. when they're really young and all that stuff. Even as teenagers, they don't see what I see. And so they think I'm awful for saying no. But the reality is I said no for their best interest because I see more than that. Yeah. And so I think we have to approach prayer and God answering things not the way we hoped them to in the very same way. That ultimately we got to get to a place where we go, you know, God, I, I don't agree. I wish it was different, but you see what I don't see. And I know you're good and I know you love me and I know you want what's best. And so ultimately I'm going to trust you. Plus, listen, Jesus got a know, Paul got no's. If they got no's, we're getting no's. Just telling you that right now. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And this
0: may open up a whole can of worms. So <laughs> apologize for that mm-hmm. in advance. Yeah. So if somebody's if somebody's praying, maybe they're asking for like direction or guidance or something or peace, and mm-hmm. they don't feel like they're getting a yes or a no, but they feel like they're just getting silence. Do mm-hmm. you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think that happens a lot. Yeah. And because we live we live in a culture in a country where we can just get on our phone and have something delivered the next day. Okay, well, that's why we expect yeah. God to kind of operate as well. Mm. And God's not into the quick delivery. God's into the relationship. God's into doing something in our heart and in our life to draw us to him. So if, if you're not getting the peace or you're not hearing from God and you're uncertain, don't do anything. I think so many times we just wait and we go, I haven't heard from God. So I guess that means that's okay. Or we just want to do what we want to do. So we go. Yeah. Okay. That just might mean God's just wanting you to sit in with this thing, and he's got more work to do before you get the peace or or maybe not peace in the in the yeah. process. I,
0: I like the truth of that answer, but it that has that little bit of like uh, man, I know we want it to be one way, and it's like it's just not that way. Sometimes you just gotta wait, you know. Uh, and here's the thing, we're not
1: rushing, God. he doesn't care about Amazon next day delivery stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, uh, this is still on the, the prayers topic, uh, but it's pro- I know what this is one, honestly, we talk about deconstruction. This is one that I know uh, hits a lot of people. Mm. Since God hears our prayers, why does he not respond when we ask him to heal our sick loved ones, especially oh. little children?
1: Yeah, oh man. I mean, we just had a couple that um, just lost a seven-year-old son, six, seven-year-old son. And, um, that's, it's just devastating. I mean, I, I think, you know, when, when you get a question like this, I get a question like this, you know, there's, there's two, there's two layers to this. There's like the theological answer. Okay. Yeah. And it's a very emotional one. All right. But it's like, Hey, we live in a broken world and okay. And it's like, we get that. All right. But that doesn't make us feel better. at all it just doesn't and so when i when i look at an answer to this a question like this i always go back to I, i i don't i don't fully understand it i don't fully get it i do know that when jesus walked uh the earth he didn't heal everybody and he could have healed everybody and there were some times that he chose not to and i don't understand why that is yeah but I always have to go back to the fact of, hey, um, God will be there in our grief and our pain, and he He grieves with us and he hurts with us. And um, at the end of the day, God is still good, and we got to rest on that. Even when the situation doesn't turn out good, the circumstances don't change who God is. And then the final thing I always rest on is I always go back to Romans 8, 28, where uh, it says that God will work all things to the good. Okay. Not for our good or how we want them to But when I hear of uh, something like that, I always go, Oh yeah, God, that's one of those all things. Yeah. And I don't know how, but I'm I'm going to start praying that you would work this out for the good. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know that you will. And I'm going to start, start trusting in that.
0: Yeah, And, l- and let me just share that. If, if, if right now, if this is like a topic that you're really listening to and struggling with. We did a podcast, uh, where you and, and you and Donna talk through uh, you know, having miscarriages and things of that nature and uh, how you guys process through that and, and the hurt and so um you know if if some of that those lost pieces, those uh unanswered prayers or no prayers, you guys talk through some of that. And so I just encourage anybody if this is really a, a pain point to to find that uh the episode we did.
1: But Yeah, and I'll tell you what, John, even a a good chunk of the Psalms are are grieving and lamenting loss. Okay. And so that's one of the, that's one of the beauties of the Bible. It's just real stuff like this, real stuff. Same. They wrestle with same, some of the same things.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, no easy way to transition out of that topic, but, uh, so yeah. Um, next question. There's, there's uh there's two questions here about about forgiveness mm-hmm. um so this person says you know i uh and i i just for transparency's sake if you wrote this question i edited down some of these questions just for just for length purposes but um i find it impossible to forgive i believe i can only forgive others with a direct conversation with a person i need the old grudges and anger to go away but the person that hurt me does not care what they did how can I still forgive them and experience peace?
1: <clears throat> this is a great question because all of us have had people hurt us. Yeah. Different levels. Okay. And so I'm going to speak or I'm going to answer this question at, at kind of the, the overall forgiveness topic. Okay. Yeah. Not, not minimizing or my, the hurt. Cause I, I mean, I don't know what it exactly was, yeah, but that hurts real and it's deep and all that stuff. Yeah, forgiveness. What's important about forgiveness is um, is forgiveness is not for the other person. It's not to set them free. It's to set us free, hmm. and it's, it's really important to understand that because um, when we talk about the idea of forgiveness, there's just a lot of things. But the toughest thing is, is we we think that we're letting go of the of the hurt and the pain and what they've done and we're letting them off the hook and all that stuff. But it's forgiveness is not for us or for them. It's for us, which means this forgiveness is not about whether the person asks us for it or not. Forgiveness is a decision that we make, whether they do or not. In fact, many of the times they won't ask for forgiveness. At least that's what I found true in my own life and here in other people's. So let's go back to it for a minute. When someone says, I'm struggling with do it with whether to you know I, I can do it or not first off that's very real and that, that needs to be a part of wrestling with God in that process uh the other thing though is and this is where this is where a lot of us we, we kind of bypass this, but this is really really important because in the midst of the hurt we don't want to think about this and it's this is forgiveness is an opportunity for us to take a step back and reflect on our own story with God and here's the story story. We wronged God deeply. He stepped in and uh, made up for our wrong and forgave us for it way before we even asked for it. Hmm. And what we do is we go, "Well, well, okay, I wronged God, but it wasn't that bad. But this person, you know what they did? No, no. When we start to see it from our story level and with a holy loving God and God didn't have to forgive us or send Jesus for us, Okay, now that minimizes things. It's why throughout the New Testament, you hear people say, hey, forgive just as God in Christ has forgiven you. They're going, hey, by the way, take your eyes off the other person for a minute and put your eyes back on you Hmm. and your story with God. Oh, hey, because when we understand our story with God fully, it's like, man, I really screwed God. And God still in his love said, hey, I'm going to pursue you and I'm going to create this for you. And I'm going to, all you have to do is step into it and say, I'm in and you're forgiven. So, okay. Once we get there, and this has always helped me once we get there, then it kind of loosens up the hurt and the anger a bit. And I'm like, oh yeah, this really isn't about the other person. This is really about God and me. Okay. What's forgiveness then? Forgiveness is looking at what the other person has done and, and saying, this is what they took from me. And so as a result, they owe you something. And so here's what you do for forgiveness. You have to, I always, this is what I always do. I take out a sheet of paper and I go, here's, what they took. here's what they took from me. Here's what they owe me. And I write it down. And then I say, God, they don't owe me anymore. And I cross it out. They are forgiven. I cancel the debt that they owe me. They are forgiven. I forgive them because you have forgiven me. And, uh, I just write that down and it's, it's just that it's that simple, but that hard all at the same time. Yeah. Because you're not going to feel anything. It's not going to be like, okay, you know, all that stuff. But forgiveness is like a muscle that the more you do it, the stronger it gets, the stronger it gets and the stronger it gets. So do you have to forgive? No, but I'm going to tell you what, you aren't going to hurt the other person. It's hurting you. It's hurting you.
0: You know, we've talked before about like the grieving process, you know, and Mm -hmm. it sounds like there's some similarities between these two things and particularly what what you're sharing there about like, it almost, it's, you almost have to say, I'm okay not being paid back for this. I wish I would be, I wish this was different, you know, but I'm going to accept that it's not, you know, as almost part of that forgiveness
1: process. I was just reading this morning in, in the book of Matthew. I mean, there's a lot of talk of forgiveness in the New Testament. Okay. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of talk about us forgiving. And if we don't, uh, God's not real pleased with Mm -hmm. us. It's just kind of this interesting dynamic. Okay. More so than almost any other topic. And you kind of think about why, and I, and I get it. It's because God's pretty much going, you have no idea then what I've done for you. And so you don't understand the depths of it, because if you did, you would be open to forgiving whoever did whatever to you. And it might be a process on stuff, but there would be an openness to that. And so when we're close to it, I understand why, why he goes, Hey, 70 times seven. Hey, by the way, uh, you know, if you don't boom, I it's, it's basically, we don't understand the love and grace that didn't extend to us when we don't do it to others. Yeah. It's hard stuff.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, but I think you mentioned that, that it's for in a lot of ways for yourself. I mean, uh, there's a lot of healing that happens when you're able to do that, you know?
1: It's all for us. Yeah. It's all for us.
0: Well, that was the first half of my conversation with Mark. And Mark shared a lot of really great stuff about being okay wrestling with your faith and how God can really use those questions to grow your faith. And you know, if that topic resonated with you, I want to encourage you to check out our Permission to Deconstruct series, which is starting this weekend. And if you think you know somebody close in your life that would really appreciate from that conversation as well, I invite them to come with you. Now next week will be the second half of this conversation and we're going to dive into things like how Mark decides on message topics, marriage questions, parenting questions, and more. So tune in next week and thanks for listening to this episode of The Ridge Podcast. Make sure to follow and subscribe so that you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations.